Welcome to The Sipping Point on WBAL, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forster, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, food, and so much more. In today's show, we're going to talk about some great French wines. And to do that, I've brought in studio with me Pascal Bernas, owner of French Wine Explorers. She's going to taste with me and then also tell us the five mistakes people make when booking a wine vacation. And I definitely want to know that because that's how I like to take vacation. Then we'll talk to Chef Olivier Sen-Usawi from Breeze Restaurant at the Lowe's Hotel in Annapolis. He's going to give us tips on food and wine pairing and tell us all about what he's doing at this year's 2012 Annapolis Food and Wine Festival. It's coming up on March 10th. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to talk about the restaurant ritual, what to do when you order a bottle of wine when you're out to dinner, and so much more. So let's go ahead and get started. The sips of the week, we have two wines, and with me to taste these wines, because I figured I needed help. This is fancy French, confusing wines. I have Pascal Bernas, as I said, owner of French Wine Explorers. She's been named one of the top travel specialist in the world by Condé Nast, and I think they know a little something about travel. She offers guests more than just a vacation, a real experience in France around all things culinary, great food, great wine, and she really works custom with the guests to give the experience that meets their expectations, and they're usually high. So <laughs> I know you know lots about French wine and food, so thank you for sipping with me. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Well, I thought it would be fun to choose two small winery French wines because on Facebook, if folks connect with you there at facebook.com slash winecoach, I ask people, what do you want to talk about on the show? And they said they love French wine, but it's very confusing. So I thought we'd start sprinkling into the show some of these different French wine regions because the number one thing people need to understand about France is that it's about the place, right? That's absolutely right. You talk about a sense of place, or in France, we call it a terroir. Exactly. So that is the most difficult thing to do when trying a wine, especially a wine you've never heard of before. So this is a great way to give it a small introduction about that terroir, a sense of place. Right, because terroir, that's my Jersey pronunciation, <laughs> means that the grape expresses the place in the glass to me. That's, you know, my way of thinking it. And also they label by the place. So the first wine we're going to have is the Hubert Brochard 2010 Sancerre. And Sancerre is an area in the Loire Valley of France, as you know, where they specialize in Sauvignon Blanc. That's the grape, right? That's correct. So a lot of people would look at this bottle and see Sancerre and not put together unless they know, oh, it's a Sauvignon Blanc. I love Sauvignon Blanc, and a lot of people do from maybe New Zealand or California. Well, Sancerre is this area on the easter, the western side of the Loire where they specialize in Sauv Blanc. But, of course, it's got a different expression and different character than the New World versions. But what I love about this one is you get that all of that lovely citrus fruit that I really expect to see in the glass, but also running through that is this minerality uh and I don't know if you're picking that up in, I on do, the nose. I do, I do. And, you know, just to, just as a side note, Sancerre is about 45 minutes from where Pierre, my husband, is from and where I used to spend my summers. So I'm oh, very great. familiar with Sancerre. So, so it you has tipped a, special, a few back. <laughs> <laughs> it has a special place in my heart. And this wine in particular I really love because it's an aperitif wine and it also goes with the cheese that is 
from the region, which is called Chevre or, or Cotin de Chavignol, and Chavignol is the area where this wine is produced. Right, so goat it's a, cheese. It's a goat <laughs> cheese, right, and it's a wonderful marriage. So that's what I love about this Perfect. wine. Is it's a great um, cocktail wine as yeah. well. And Hubert Brochard, like a lot of the properties in the area, is a small family-run winery. The bottle, which everybody can't see right now, is this beautiful French frosted glass. It does retail for twenty seven ninety nine. So this is a very well made Sancerre that would be amazing with fish or goat cheese, as we said, salads, or just before dinner aperitif. Amazing wine. Then we have also next to that. Now we have that great acidity, that great zing that we just got from the Sancerre. We're going to move to a different area of France. And what we have as our red feature for Sips of the Week is the Domaine du Bois uh, de St. John. Am I saying that correct? Pretty good for a Jersey accent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Which is from the Rhone Valley. It's a Cote de Rhone, meaning it's a blend of the red grapes in the Rhone. And the blend here is 60% Grenache, 20% Syrah, with some Mervedra and, and Carignan, which are another two of the grapes of the Rhone. And so because it's a blend, it's kind of like a team. Each of these grapes brings something to uh, to the team and a different element. The Grenache, you get that really concentrated fruit. I, right, I don't know right, what yeah. you're picking up, but there's some really nice berry fruit. That's right. And um, the Syrah sort of backs it up with a little bit more depth. And, you know, this area is famous for Chateauneuf-du-Pape. Everybody's probably heard of that. But Côte mm-hmm. de Rhone is a great way to get an introduction to the Rhone region if you are not familiar with it. And these wines are really not only very approachable and affordable, but they go so well with many different um Absolutely. Meats. Meats and, and other hearty things. But even, you know, they're just – they have enough grip to go with the meats, but they're soft enough to drink on their yeah, own. You don't so, have to wait 20 years to appreciate them. And guess how much? This one's only twelve ninety nine, which is, I think, in that sweet spot where people like to be for everyday drinking. You know, the Sancerre, certainly you're having important clients, mm-hmm. important guests to your home. Right. That's going to be an impressive white with the right fish, with the right seafood. Whereas this one, you can crack open with, you know, anybody that stops by last minute. It's just a good staple red to have on hand. The Domaine de Bois de St. Jean Cote de Rhone, it's twelve ninety nine. Both of these wines are available at Wells Discount Liquors. You can check them out at wellswine.com. All the info, though, on the Sips of the Week will be at thewinecoach.com or in the Wine Coach app, which you can get in the App Store. Just search the Wine Coach for both iPhone and Android. You're listening to The Sipping Point on WBAL. I'm Lori Forrester, the Wine Coach, and we are back with Pascal Bernas of French Wine Explorers. You can check her out at wine-tours-france.com. But now we've tasted our two amazing French wines, which will be on the website. Now we've got you all juiced up. We want to get all the great information out of you. And what I wanted you to talk about, because I love taking wine vacations and a lot of the listeners do too, but things can go very wrong. And I think there's a lot of mistakes that we make just not knowing the inside information that you know. So I thought you could tell us the five mistakes people make when they're booking their wine vacations. Where do we start? Well, there are a lot of things that you have to take in consideration. Wine touring is a great way to discover a new country, a new region, a new culture, if it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is you want to sort of minimize any potential damage. So here are some five five mistakes that we, you know, repeatedly hear. The first one is booking at the wrong time. A lot of people tell us, I really want to go, for example, during harvest. Harvest mm-hmm. is a beautiful time of year to go. 
But as we were sampling these smaller um, uh, grower producers, a lot of the grower producers, they really are not available to us during the harvest because right. they're harvesting and making their wine. So that may or may not be a good time to go. So it really depends on the person and what they're looking for. But harvest is a time that's extremely busy and very popular. So we tend to shy away from recommending harvest time. I would say, you know, look at early in the season, maybe April, May, or late in the season, maybe even November, because it's shoulder season, so airfares are better, there are less people, and the the winemakers are more available to us. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. Absolutely. Uh, That's th- a good one. You Because you yeah. always want to see the grapes on the vine, but sometimes you get more TLC, more time, as you say, and better prices if you can kind of adjust your, your time a little bit. Right. Definitely, especially in France, because a lot of the winemakers are the marketing people. They're the ones who receive you, and that's what makes it so special. So you want to make sure you can get as much for for your buck as possible. Uh, The second one that we hear all the time is, well, I just want to plan a self-drive, so just give me an itinerary. (laughs) And we really don't recommend that for a couple reasons. First of all, you're not going to be able to enjoy the wine. Right. Because somebody's got to drive, and if you're driving, you can't drink. Right. And in France, in particular, during on the Rhine routes, uh, the police are there in force to make sure that no one is taking advantage of drinking and driving. And are they on the other side of the road or same side of the same road? Same side. Okay, so same it is side. the same, but still, after one winery tasting, I would think people are probably should not be driving. They should not be driving, <laughs> definitely. And not only that, but the ro- roads are tricky to navigate, especially yes. in the smaller uh, regions. Sometimes the road is only large enough for one car. Sure, but it's two ways. But it's two I ways, and um, it's hard to get around. So we recommend that you do not drive. That's definitely something that we uh, f- feel very strongly about. Um, the second one is um, not going outside of your comfort zone. A lot of people say, well, you know, I really want to visit, you know, Bordeaux or Champagne, which we absolutely love. But there are also some regions or appellations next to these large, very well-known regions that deserve some time and attention as well. You can find some great finds. Uh, I always say wine tastes better with the story behind it. And That's you may say, true. oh, I just discovered this wine along the way. So we, we always recommend that you keep your mind open to discovering other wine regions or appellations uh, instead of just the one wine region that you may be familiar with. And those are where you can get such great value-wise for the wine. You know, I my saying is if you can't pronounce it, you should be drinking it. Same kind of thing. I mean, sure, everybody wants champagne in Bordeaux, but if you can just stretch your brain a little bit more, I mean, the Loire, I'm a huge fan of, and I think it's very undervalued for both whites and reds. And I think, you know, an amazing experience. That's right. That's right. So keep your mind open and and, uh, see what could be close to the larger regions that you're visiting. Great. So we've got three. What's a fourth? Fourth one is over planning. A lot of people say to us, I want four to six visits a day. And we say, you know, that sounds good on paper, but it's really going to be challenging to do. So let's go with two to three because in France in particular and other wine regions in Europe, they really want you to understand how they made their wine because they're so proud of their wine that they make. So you really have to spend time understanding the whole process before you even get to the tasting. So two to three a day is really our sweet spot and really what you should be um, shooting for. And sort of all the thoughts of wine touring in the United States versus versus Europe, you have to sort of put that to the side because they're very different within each region as well. Right. So um, that's And you can't just belly up to the tasting bar Mm. at a lot of the top estates. I mean, you need people like yourself in the industry who have the connections to get you in. That's right. And that's also part of it. You know, California, it's pretty free. That's right. But in Europe, even in Italy and France, uh, and I've been to both, you do need those connections. That's right. And, so. and Spain as well. So it's important to know. 
Great. What else? Well, the last one, which is just as important as the first four, is choosing the wrong accommodations. And what I mean by this is saying, well, geez, this looks like it's close to the wine region, but you go there and you find out it doesn't have air conditioning and you've, you've decided you wanted to go in July and it's very hot and it's actually an hour and a half away from the wine region you want to visit. But on a map, it looks like it's, you know, very right. a centimeter away. So how could it be that far? And so what we say is, you know, it's really important to not only know what you're visiting, but how you're going to visit it. So your accommodations can make or break your trip as well. Right. And now uh, culinary cruising is a new way to get around a lot of that, right? Because you, you're kind of get on the ship, you unpack, and then you can visit so many different regions that's right. and have the experience without having to drive or deal with any of the stress. Well, that's one of the benefits of uh, cruising. And I'm a big fan of cruising. I am a cruiser. I love to cruise. Um, and what's really great is if you want to visit all these wine regions, but you don't know how to do it, it all of the effort has been taken care of for you. So all you have to do is get on the ship, decide which itinerary you want to choose, and Mm -hmm. then enjoy yourself. So it really is the best way to see more than one country, for example. Absolutely. And I'm very excited. Folks that have been listening know that in late July, I'm doing a crystal cruise called Romancing the Riviera. And you're going to help guests get their get all their uh, accommodations and everything figured out if they're interested. You can go to the winecoachtours.com to see more about that. But the reason why we chose Crystal is the level of quality and luxury and just that it's all-inclusive. When you right. get on that ship, you're not going to start being nickeled and dimed with tips and drinks. Everything is included, and that includes all of your wine and high-end selections, not you know, house red and white. That's right. And, you know, it's funny because I was just listening to an interview and someone was quoting Warren Buffett who said, you know, price is what you pay, but value is what you get. And here is where you really can see that there's an incredible value because not only are your gratuities included, um, your wine is included. And the joke in the industry is, you know, a lot of times it costs you more to get off the ship than it does to get on. And so (laughs) we want to avoid that. Yes, (laughs) We want to avoid that. And Crystal really does a great job. And comparing apples to apples, they really are the best at providing a great experience. And remember, there's only a a thousand or less guests. So it's intimate, but they have all the bells and whistles of a larger ship. So it's really, it really is a win-win for everybody. Awesome. Well, if you want to find out more about romancing the Riviera cruise with me this summer, go to thewinecoachtours.com. But if you want to check out Pascal Bernas and French Wine Explorers, Pascal, where should they go? They should visit us at um, www.wine-tours-france.com or they can call us 877-261-1500. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks. It was great being here. Discover the recipe for a delicious life each week on The Sipping Point with Lori Forster, The Wine Coach, each week, Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. on WBAL 1090 AM or at WBAL.com.